You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open! <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill! Unbelievable! Just flew by him for a second time. Tua knew where he was going right away. How the hit is that little man? I really hope you soon jump on his bandwagon. Waddle, waddle. To a shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown. Okay. It's Waddle. His sixth touchdown Six pass touchdown of the game. day. Drive time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, a shorty. We're going to just cover Mike McDaniel's press conference at the owners' meetings in Arizona. We'll do that quickly and get out of here. We have some longer episodes coming up this week, taking a comprehensive, holistic approach, or a holistic look, I should say, at the entirety of the Dolphins roster, where it stands now, where they could stand to possibly make some hay in the next couple of months before training camp kicks off, now just four months away. All of that and a heck of a lot more from somewhere in South Florida. Caroline, let's get this thing going. You're darn tootin' it's a first down, Caroline. Let's go ahead and kick this off with Mike McDaniel, who spoke about Jalen Ramsey. We haven't had a chance to hear from him regarding the acquisition of the all-pro cornerback. Real quick, though, before we do that, like I said, going to be a short episode today, but I wanted to go ahead and make a mention that, man, Pembroke Lakes Golf Course, what a beautiful what a beautiful track that is. And your boy has just been cruising through the golf lately. Actually bumped that handicap down to a 16 with some recent results. Getting some really good results in lately. Uh, looking to play as much as I possibly can. So for those of you out there that listen to the podcast, also are golf fans, hit me up. Let me know if you want to play some, some golf one of these days because I cannot get enough of it. Let's go ahead and turn this forward here to head coach Mike McDaniel, who, you know, as always is candid about the entirety of the operation, about the roster, about his approach, his philosophies, always so refreshing. And uh, here he gets a question about how the Jalen Ramsey trade came to be. I just love his perspective here regarding how Chris Greer kind of comes to him with the idea of, hey, this guy might be available. And you'll hear Mike talk about how it's not just about improving that one position that Ramsey plays, but players like that, players of that caliber, and we'll talk on tomorrow, or I should say Wednesday's podcast and Friday's about blue chip players, marquee talent, top of the position, uh, top of their position type of players and talents, how those guys move the needle, not just because of what they do in their own job, but how they positively impact everybody else around them. Here's coach Mike McDaniel on the acquisition of another superstar here in South Florida in Jalen Ramsey. Um, it was a... Uh... It was a very similar situation to that of the year before with Tyreek in, in terms of uh, it kind of hits me out of nowhere and uh, Chris Greer will come in my office um, in classic Chris Greer form and he has this look that's of like, hey, you're going to like the news that I have. Um, and, and so he says, yeah, we ha- I think we have an opportunity. They've, they've, um, they've reached out. And it was a... You know, my immediate reaction was pretty c- candid and simple. It's like, all right, not talking terms, not talking, um, you know, what it's going to cost, or that would be a, a cool opportunity um, that would be hard to replicate. 
So that's the litmus test. We, we very much value, um, you know, all, we are willing to trade draft picks, but we very much value them. Um, but when we recognize an opportunity, uh, you know, uh, we, we jumped on it. And I think to Chris Greer's credit and Brandon Shore's credit, they um, were able to get a, a fair deal. Um, and we're related to add a player whose competitiveness, you know, my, my big thing is I, you add players that can make the rest of your team better. Um, when players can make other people better, you're on to something. Um, very excited for him and, and his ability to, d to do that, the competitiveness that he'll bring to the secondary, um, and, the, and really overall uh, excited about the person and the player and his, uh, his, the element that he provides for our defense. If you don't love this next one, I don't know what to tell you because here he's asked about, as he mentioned or alluded to, the acquisition of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Ramsey kind of came to be in similar veins. And so he was asked about managing a roster packed full of star talent like the one the Miami Dolphins have. And again, we'll talk about it on Wednesday. Mike Clay at ESPN, not really a fan of the work typically, but he has a roster grading thing he does every single year which he has like the Dolphins and Giants QBs at the same grade. So like already lost the credibility there, but he has the Dolphins of the third highest ranked roster. And this is a guy that has always dogged on the Dolphins. So it just speaks to the kind of coming around of the national uh, scribes as it were with how this Dolphins roster has taken shape. And it's a big shift from what it used to be, right? It used to be, we don't like star players. We only want to get guys that are team oriented, guys that don't get the headlines, guys that only want to, uh, their only interest is advancing the, the benefits of the Miami Dolphins. But that's what star players do too. I mean, Tyreek Hill wants to win as bad as anybody I've ever been around, and he's a star player. So here's Coach talking about the impact of star players, but also how that level of recognition and attention can be a positive if they use it the right way. And here you'll hear Coach talk about the quality of teammate that Jalen Ramsey is based upon a deep dive. You know, we love that. Here's Coach. My plan is I obviously I have to be a bigger star than them. No, I mean, it's, it's like, you just, it, to me, um, I, don't, I don't see that, I see all players as people that you're, you're, you as a coach need to invest in. Um, guys that have a star, uh, star ability, that have been all pros, they have big personalities. Um, you can shy away from it. Um, which I think a lot of people run into problems, or you can really lean into it. I think it's something that, um, you know, can make your team better. Anybody that has a star persona also carries a tremendous burden of expectations of performance. Those players, generally um, the ones that I've been around, um, know that they have to pay the piper on Sundays, so they put in and go to work. Um, in the off season and during the week in practice, that residual effect is instrumental to the performance of the whole team. So, if you have a big personality with that, as long as you're a good teammate, with all testaments, we did our deep dive on that. If you're a good teammate, that can only benefit. You know, it's, it's something he's got a, a magnetic personality, um, and that's really cool. And uh, I, I, I like where we're at with. Uh, um, the various compliments of personality on defense. So that fires me up as well. 
Coach was asked about the acquisition of quarterback Mike White and whether or not he will be named the backup quarterback or will it be a competition. I'm not going to play the whole answer here, but he did say there will be a battle in training camp for that number two QB job. Putting that in my notes to go ahead and watch that battle very closely because training camp is right around the corner. Every year I say that I'm not going to really care about training camp next year. Like once it gets to the end of training camp and games start, you're kind of like, eh, whatever, it's just football practice. But when you go months without having Dolphins action, you become starved for that training camp. And especially with this year's team and the expectations I personally have for the team, but also just watching the matchups we're going to have on on paper uh, play out on the field. Oh, buddy, get me to training camp. Uh, Speaking of that, Coach talked about Tua a lot in this press conference, and I want to play a couple of those sound bites for you here. I'm not sure which order is going to come in yet because I'm, I'm... kind of catching up on this podcast, but the first one here was about the fifth year option and the decision to go ahead and exercise that fifth year option as the first player under the new CBA in NFL history or since that time to get the option exercised in the month of March. And I've seen the theories out there about the other quarterbacks and stuff like, you're wrong. <laughs> they did the fifth year option because they love the quarterback and they, they want him here. So uh, here's here's coach talking about that. I, I'm alluding to the further to a discussion because I, I saw a quote from a, a beat writer earlier um, talking about the hunger inside Tua and I can only imagine what that's like uh, that he has that that internal drive after the way last year ended after the way the, the year started and he basically was one of the top three or four quarterbacks all year long to have it end that way and not to, not get to see it through and not be on the field for that game in Buffalo I just know that eight at Tua Uh, who's back in the building working his butt off right now. So uh, here's Coach talking about the fifth-year option and why the Dolphins decided to go ahead and make that move with a nice little jab here at some some media folks. But it's all lighthearted and good fun. The bottom-line procedure was like, all right, well, the scenario of picking up the fifth-year option gives Tua the best chance to be his best and is the best thing for the organization. That's what we're really chasing. We're chasing that... that where are both parties maximized um, in opportunity? And uh, so once we knew that, then, um, you know, I hadn't really paid attention to the, you know, fifth-year option timeline. It was more like, all right, well, you know what? Especially the, the media members that are in South Florida, they need to know this. We need to tell them this fifth-year option is, I mean, once we knew, we knew. So um, hopefully it was a, uh, that way I didn't have to play unnecessary poker face for no reason. I mean, we, we knew once we did our due diligence in our process, um, it, it made a ton of sense to us. So we, we wanted to communicate and get that done and move forward with our lives. Should have known this question was next, but here we go with a follow-up about Tua and how his offseason is going. He was asked, Coach was, specifically about the jiu-jitsu and, and the strength training and all that fun stuff Tua was doing to hopefully prepare to, I mean, I, I guess just improve what we saw this past season, which kind of seems fluky in a way, but hey, whatever you can do to improve it, go ahead and, and make that happen. So here's Coach talking about the offseason program and kind of where Tua stands right now. All all the, the best things that you could possibly hear just because you know, this is not something that, you know, for a lot of people, it happened, and you're then you're like all of a sudden maybe thinking about it as the OTAs start again. Or this is something that, um, you know, our training staff and Tua have been attacking every day. So um, he he's in a great spot. He's uh, his. I'm really encouraged about the work that he's doing um, for pre- preventative um, injuries with his core and his neck training his jujitsu stuff has been outstanding so 
you know, doing all the things that we can control um, to uh, best position us. And, I, and I'm, he, he's in a great place because of that. He's, he's excited. There's your Tua talk. Let's go ahead and take a quick break right here and come back on the other side. We'll hear more from head coach Mike McDaniel. Next question I have for you guys to open up. Segment number two is about new defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. What have you noticed about working with coach over the last couple of weeks and months now? That's next. Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. You know, hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. As promised, segment number two here on a Monday edition of the Draft Time Podcast. We heard from head coach Mike McDaniel at the owners' meetings in Arizona early on Monday morning. Here's coach talking about his experience so far working with defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. Working with Vic since he's been here has, has definitely validated everything that I thought, um, you know, when, when I made a decision to really target him as the defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, I spent... Um, I think it's uh, probably 20, about 20 hours a week um, for the last several weeks uh, meeting with the defense. And, you know, what's very interesting is uh, it's really uh, in its own way. He looks at things a lot like I, um, I do um, on the defensive side of the ball. His devotion to tape, um, his, uh, his devotion to coaching, um, not in absolutes. Um, but uh, through uh, relationships and, um, you know, really really trying to get players to give get the best out of players um, in, in every way, shape, or form, allowing them to be themselves, not putting them in a box, not confining them. All of these things uh, are very uh, similar to the way that, I lo- that I've always looked at football on the offensive side of the ball. So it was, it's been very encouraging. Um, and, and I don't know, by all testaments, uh, you know, some people have, there's been some reputation as uh, Vic, has, Vic has gone through his career that he might be grumpy or something. I don't know. All I know is in our office, he's the most cheerful, happy-go-lucky guy there. So uh, um, it, it's been a great, uh, a great off-season experience that I'm excited to build upon. I mean, a coach who does things the same way Mike does, again, I feel like this is crazy that I have to explain this and and maybe most of you out there don't need it explained to you, but I feel like 
spending time on social media. There is a, a faction of the fan base that does. You understand that we went 25 years or more. I don't even know what it was. Was it 94, 96? We had a good offense. We went like almost my entire life. I was born in 1987. Like two thirds of my life without having a top 10 offense. And Mike brought the number six offense here last year. Number 11 in scoring. That would have been, those both would have been top three if we had our quarterback the whole year, which I know, you know, injuries happen, but not every team has their quarterback knocked out for five games. Not every team has their second string quarterback knocked out within the first couple of series of, of their game that they start. So I, I'm, what I'm saying is McDaniel's awesome, right? And Fangio, we know he's awesome too. I think that's being a little bit undersold here because I'm seeing like power rankings and stuff that have maybe the Jets and Dolphins are close competing for second in the division. Nah, son. Like the way this offseason's gone with that coaching addition with Jalen Ramsey with the reinforcements on defense and the maturity you expect in year two of this offensive system. No, like this, these are the big dogs. You know, th- this is the, I just think it's funny. I think it's funny. So here, let's go ahead and hear from coach talking about the previous question was about building your team to face a team like Buffalo. And he said, you know, essentially, yeah, you want to beat Buffalo, but you, you need to be able to build your team to beat any team. And so next he was asked about the quality of competition in the AFC East with, you know, potentially Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets, which still hope he leaves him at the altar because that would be the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But if he's not, if he comes to the Jets and we have the Bills and, and Jets could be better uh, after their, their fall off last year, Dolphins will be better. Obviously, Bills are, are still right there as well. Uh, how does how does that tough division, you know, how do you view that? And I love Coach's answer here talking about, like, we have bigger goals than just the division and playing tough division games prepares you down the stretch. And last year in December, Miami didn't get the results they wanted, but that experience is only going to benefit and pay off this year for this, you know, relatively young team at so many spots. So here's Coach talking about the benefits of playing in a very tough division. It's two-pronged. Yeah, it, it, it does make it more difficult the better your division is. And I think our division is one of the – it appears to be building towards potentially being one of the better divisions in football. You know, I'm careful in the spring to go too much over the top on paper, but I, I know exactly what you're saying, and I don't disagree. Um, that being said, if, you're, if your goals in football are not to just get to the playoffs, if your goal isn't to just – get to the playoffs, it's not the worst thing in the world to have a very strong division. Granted, it still makes it more difficult to get to the playoffs, but if you are able to, within that very good competitive division, you are much more battle-tested for the games that really, really matter. Because no one wants to just... We lived it once, and one time was enough. Getting to the playoffs is cool. Over that, you want to win. And so playing good teams in the regular season, however, in the front end might seem, oh, that's tough. What else would you want if you're really trying to do, if you're trying to um, actually win playoff games, if you're trying to actually get to the AFC Championship, if you're trying to win the AFC Championship, if you're trying to win the Super Bowl, all those things, you better be a very good team and battle-tested, and our division should help us do that. but it's going to be stressful. You guys know the acronym by now. Coach's answer was awesome. How incredible is that? Can we actually hear that again? Getting to the playoffs is cool. Over that. You want to win. Earlier, I touched on the long wait for a top 10 offense. 
we've had a similar wait for a playoff victory coach and you're you're pushing the right buttons you're saying the right things right here playing the right notes to these lifelong Dolphins fans here on the Drive Time Podcast. It's coming, man. It's freaking coming, and I can't wait. Let's go ahead and move next here to the question about David Long, Dolphins linebacker who was brought in. He's my favorite acquisition so far. Like, Jalen Ramsey's obvious, but I think David Long, in the middle of this defense, is going to improve so many things. Let's go ahead and hear from Coach McDaniel about their new linebacker in the middle of the Miami defense. Uh, the guy is a spark plug. The guy has... Uh uh, a true um, instincts at the linebacker position. And he's, you know, one of my favorite things that I told him right when I met him is like, dude, you are the inspiration for a guy that, you know, people have probably told you you're slightly, you're maybe a little undersized. And because of that, he has used, he's found so many different tools in his game to be successful that make him such a, such a, a really cool player. How, do, how he defeats blocks with his hands and his feet, um, how, how he's always finding the ball, um, how he beats other players on his unit to the ball in pursuit. These are all things that um, his coverage abilities, his, his uh, ability to, um, you know, eliminate the space between him and the ball carrier and his ability to uh, uh, really be a quality tackler. Great fit for us. Really excited to have him. Um, and uh, he, he was always one of those guys that stood out in crossover for me. So that was another cool part is I've, I've been watching him for a while. Um, so it's exciting for our, our unit. So I have this idea for a video project that kind of tells you what makes good football players at certain positions. I'll probably work on it sometime in the future, but essentially it hinges on the idea of CJ Stroud being the first quarterback drafted. And again, I'll talk about this more on the Wednesday podcast, but how just being a good football player is better than having a big, strong arm and being the fastest player out there. And like we talk about Tyreek and Jalen all the time, like, yeah, their speed is, is their top trait but they're not great just because they're fast. It's for the other reasons of playing football. And Coach talking about David Long in that way, who, buddy, that's, that is right up my alley. And it falls right in line with my entire perception, where I get in the most arguments on social media or you know, do my, 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 uh, my commentary here on the podcast about things I disagree with. It's that people think that certain elements have to be there for a football player to be good. And with David Long not being the biggest player, He's learned how to be really good at the things that are most important, just like I think the same thing about our quarterback here we have uh, with the Miami Dolphins. That's that's Coach's opinion on one new free agent. Let's hear next and how he feels about a guy on his side of the football in wide receiver Braxton Berrios. I like a lot of things about Braxton. Um, I like that he has he's a playmaker. Um, I think the more, the more assets that we have um, in terms of being able to make plays with the ball – ball in their hands you know with a you know I, you guys know I feel like we have a, a, a elite distributor in Tua so if you have scorers to use basketball reference I see Braxton as a scorer a guy that can um, make plays with the ball in his hands so that's those elements are um, extremely exciting as well as you know really um, getting a boost for uh, you know our special teams to um, make some plays in, in, uh, in the kicking game. I think that's a, you know, with where I'm hoping our um, both offense and defensive units are going, um, special teams will be that much more important because 
field position will be um, that much more of an advantage for us. That's the hope. So um, I'm excited to have him and excited to get to work with him soon. Let's go ahead and take our last break right there and come back on the other side and pick it back up with head coach Mike McDaniel. The first question I have on the other side for you guys is about the running back room, the continuity there, and you're going to hear him say some really, really good things about Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. That's next. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. As promised, segment number three, picking it right back up with head coach Mike McDaniel from the owners' meetings in Arizona. Is it Phoenix? I don't even know where it is. It's somewhere over there on the old West Coast, my old stomping grounds. Let's pick it back up here with head coach Mike McDaniel, who was asked about the continuity in the running back room. I also think I heard, I couldn't quite make the question out, but I think somebody asked him about the draft and what they look for in running backs uh, in this offense. So here's coach talking about that position, one of his go-tos, holistically heading into 2023 season well so you take a look at the whole class and you know the ultimately um the you know we had the opportunity to bring um two of our strongest character contributors and really um you know players we depend on and Raheem and Jeff you know they're both I think above 4.7 yards per carry um and when when I look at the tape um I think, you know, I think there'd be a, a little different feeling if, you know, I don't think we didn't run the ball not because they didn't run the ball well. We didn't run the ball um, well in games that we were overly injured or some games that just didn't call enough runs. So um, when you look at it, you know, historically, if you can get a runner um, 4.5 plus, they're doing something pretty good. Um, uh I think we were able to get those two guys um, together, which was uh, very important. And I see them as a big part of our team um, and just the fabric and, uh, and, and who we are as human beings. They really contribute to that locker room. Ex- very excited to get those guys. And, they're, and I honestly believe they're playing their best ball of their careers. Super interesting there that he talked about one, the injuries, which equates to not a good enough blocking scheme consistently enough, which we talked about in the film review podcast, right? Just that one block away from springing massive runs several times last year on the tape. And that's was often a guy that was coming off the, off the bench to play in that particular role. So hopefully better health this year can, can help that. But also coach kind of calling himself out there from getting away from the running game at times. And I think we all agree with that a little bit. So uh, we always said that we thought coach would recognize those things and improve and be better with it in his second year because of the kind of coach that he is, the kind of person that he is. And he just told you straight to your face, basically, or I guess to your ears here on the podcast, that's what's going to happen. So that's great to hear. We have two more here. There was some questions in between about like uh, the Washington commanders, which, all right, yeah, I get this is like a the one time all the teams have access to each coach, but uh, not for this podcast. But I do want to hear some general talk here from coach who was asked about the difficulty of quarterbacks going from the college game to the pro game and why there's such a learning gap sometimes 
Great stuff here from Mike McDaniel. You know, the toughest part, the, the easiest one are the, are the guys that are fortunate enough to be in systems that are very similar to pro. Right now, the biggest problem is what no one's talking about really is there's a lot of teams in college football that um, this, is, this is what players learn. This is their play call. Okay? No, it's a picture from the sidelines that's not verbal. So then you go to the NFL and you're verbally instructed in the huddle what to do. And it's not as simple as a picture. It's a bunch of words. That is hard to do. That just that. On top of that, you're playing with it within the NFL timing um, and the structure. The spaces are tighter. Um, so guys from programs that that do utilize huddle calls, that do operate in a huddle, those guys are the easier ones. Then it goes to individual makeup, um, and generally. The guys that are um, hyper-obsessive have a chance as a rookie. Hyper-obsessive um, in terms of how to study because it is a huge learning curve, huge learning curve. Um, and then you just kind of get lucky sometimes because you, f you find the right guy that, you know, I had um, one example. It was 2014, had Taylor Gabriel as an undrafted rookie out of Abilene Christian. And he was like 5'7". Um, he got football. He got how to study. And he had also the right resources within the room in Miles Austin and Andrew Hawkins to get this guy to be a pro. A lot of components. Um, it is a tough situation. But, um, you know, it, it's also one of the some of the most dynamic players in the game come out year to year as rookie receivers. So it, it really puts a, a lot on the position coach to, to create a relationship where they can bridge all the gaps if there are um, uh, huge gaps from systems and whatnot. Last question here is one that you guys all asked me about on the Twitter mailbag, and it's great stuff from Coach for two reasons. Number one, I you know I talk to Kyle Krabs often, uh, Locked On Dolphins. There's a group chat with my, Kyle, myself, and another guy that uh, is a good friend of both of ours. But we discussed the idea of the Dolphins' current offensive line, and we were talking about which players make the most sense top of the market-wise. And I mentioned Mike McGlinchey, and we both agreed that McGlinchey was going to get paid like, you know, Laramie Tunzel without the production of Laramie Tunzel. And that's exactly what happened in Denver. You know, McGlinchey's a really good player, but is it worth spending $20 million per year to get top of the market value for a player that maybe performed at 75% of that value? No, it's, it's bad business. That's how you wind up getting yourself in, you know, 2015 territory with Mike Tannenbaum's roster where you have a bunch of overpaid guys that aren't, um, performing anymore that happened to this team to the point where they had to reset hard a few years after that so he talks about that but also something else we talked about here on this podcast i think last week is that it's still march and you don't play a game until september and you can always add players between march and september so here's coach on the offensive line really good stuff here back to the kyle Krabs thing before i forget because i did there for a second he put together a list and there's he did it on lockdown dolphins kind of covering uh such things <laughs> uh, but he talked about how 
top of the market offensive linemen just have not hit that often uh, in recent years in free agency. You have like a 25% chance of hitting big on those guys, players like Nate Solder, uh, who get big contracts and wind up not being very good players like he was for the Giants, stuff like that. So here's head coach Mike McDaniel talking about the coveted offensive line. Oh, um, always have plans. You know, there's, there's an opportunity cost for everything. So, you know, I think one of the things in regards to the offensive line is that you're, of course, you're always going to want to upgrade every position. Um, in, in the, in the particular circumstance with the offensive line, do I think in order to upgrade the position for us with the talent that we have, do you want to spend 12 to $20 million um, to do that? Is that the best way to spend your money? Um, in our particular circumstance, you know, you're always trying to figure out that, you know, what that perfect solution is for your team. In our circumstance, uh, I want to get the guys that we have on the team better. Okay, um, but I also want to take advantage of uh, you know, we have some, we have some uh, ideas and thoughts of players that are still out there. We're taking our time with the market and seeing how that plays out. And there's some stuff where we have uh, in thoughts of the draft, but. Of course, that will be uh, addressed, obviously, from last season. Um, depth can and will be tested, um, but you're trying to do it within the framework of what's the best in all your needs of your team and what um, you can manage as a coaching staff and what you need to outsource with um, additions of players that, um, that can't be coach-driven. It's part of the whole team-building process that if you are going to there's going to be positions where you have to have cheap talent, right? Like he talked about the quarterback position in this podcast and how having the quarterback on the rookie contracts is a benefit because sometimes the top quarterbacks take up 40% of your cap. It's the same thing on the offensive line or anywhere else. If you're going to have, you know, Tyreek Hill and you're going to pay for Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard, you're going to have to have somebody like Javon Holland or Jalen Waddle to offset that cost at that position because you can't have four top of the market free agents on your offensive line. It just doesn't work that way. So good stuff there from head coach Mike McDaniel. Also loved hearing him say we are interested in the draft. How dumb will some of the comments out there feel if the Dolphins find a good quality starting right tackle in the draft in the second round? Like that's still very much on the table. So I suppose the word of the day is to chill when it's done. All right, that's my time here on the podcast. Again, I'm really looking forward to the Wednesday and Friday episodes of breaking down this roster in its entirety, kind of giving you a, an assessment valuation of what the Dolphins have so far heading into the month of April. That's next. Until then, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Wasn't very short today, was it? Go ahead and... Uh, Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank podcast and all the podcasts international in our network. Check out the team YouTube channel for Dolphins Today, media availabilities. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, Caroline and Cameron. Daddy's going to go ahead and just come right upstairs.